It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I'm Adrian Leiser here with Jake Hatch, Eric behind the glass. I think my voice just cracked a little bit there. It's been a long weekend already, but welcome in. Uh, Hope everyone is having a fabulous shopping Saturday. Is that what you call these now that we're in December? Everyone getting there. Everyone getting their Christmas shopping done. I usually wait till the third day. Uh, third or so away from Christmas. That's where. Oh, that's, that's when, is that when you finally venture out. When it hits the twenties, I'm like, hmm, I better. <laughs> I should actually get to work on. I'm this. a terrible gift giver. I don't like getting gifts. I don't like buying gifts because I'm just so bad at it. So okay. usually, I just kind of like under the table try to get away with it. But, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's I'll have to do some shopping soon. <laughs> I often go down to the uh, great jazz fan store down here and buy some things for people in my family. So. Yep. We get a healthy discount because yes. we're employees. Yes, it is Christmas time and never a bad time to save some money. Nope, absolutely not. Well, yeah, it's, it's good to be back on air, Adrian. We've yeah. been off for another week last week. We've been off a little bit. Just, you know, college football and college basketball obviously take precedent over us, and mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun getting to listen to Utah State calls and Utah BYU pre-post mm-hmm. game coverage as the regular season kind of wraps up, Jake, here locally. Um Championship Saturday today. Correct. We'll get into what happened yesterday, but uh, we still got some college football. Should be some great games today, but um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a downer Saturday show, it seems. We're talking mostly about teams that are struggling today. We're talking yeah. Utes and what happened last night. We've got the Jazz, who are in a, a, a bad funk. Um, you've got the Cougars. They ended their season with a loss to a team they probably should have beat. Mm-hmm. Utah State didn't get what they thought they were going to. We still got Weber. Yeah, they're in action right now. They're in Ken- action. Kennesaw State. So we got a playoff team there. Beat the Owls. Go Wildcats! Go so we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you a look at what's going on in that game. But yeah, it's kind of a kind of one of those days where there's not a lot of positivity. It seems going around, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's start off with the big story, obviously. Should we get into this right now? Let's get into it. All right, let's get into what happened last night uh, in, is it Santa Clara? Santa Clara. Santa Clara at Levi Stadium with the Utes and the Oregon Ducks. Oh, 
There you go, some of the highlights from last night's Pac-12 championship game. Uh, the Oregon Ducks, they uh, defeat is a nice way to put it. They defeat the University you can say of U- blow out. They blow out the University of Utah 37 to 15, Jake, in a game that seems like if it could go wrong for the University of Utah, it went wrong for the University of Utah, oh, yeah. at least in the first half. Um, not I mean Oregon played exceptionally well. They were better last night. They had the plan last night. Um, there's a lot we can get into, but kind of what were your thoughts as that game was going along? Because I'll tell you what, I was very shocked at the way that thing started, the way it got to halftime, and then um, you, there was kind of a glimmer, and then Oregon put it out real quick. But just overall thoughts on what happened. So I tweeted out about an hour before the game last night. I saw the game going one of, or going two different ways. Oh, yes, you discussed this with me yes. yesterday, too. I saw it going either it's going to be a close game throughout, it'll be a grinder back and forth, low-scoring affair type of a game, or it was going to be a Utah route. I didn't see anything outside of those two things. Well, guess what happened? Oregon comes out, punches Utah in the mouth, and Utah never recovered, it felt no. like. I know that they got within eight at one point. They, they've got that two-point conversion on the touchdown, and they were within eight. But then Oregon went, went and just scored and said, yeah, that's nice. 70-yard touchdown run, I think Correct. that's when yeah. that one happened. C.J. Yeah. Verdell breaks through the middle and just takes off. And uh, This game, my overall thought is, what in the world – did Utah okay? What what was in their minds? Were they thinking okay? We've got the playoff here. We're yep. we're in. Like I want to know where these players' heads were at entering this game because I can tell you this much: it didn't look like it was focused on the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, I guess you know maybe. And I, I we weren't in the locker room. We we're not obviously yeah. not in the heads of these guys, but it kind of seemed like they were used to blowing people out. Yeah. No, they and this team, Oregon yeah. has a. I mean, that's a great coaching staff. They're a they're a perennial power, even if they're yeah, out here in the West. Talent. Yep, they yep. have the. I mean, you take one look at Thibodeau or whatever. Oh, what do what you? I don't think it's Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau is it Thibodeau? Yes. Yeah, okay, but the number one overall. You take one last look year. at that guy yeah. and what he did to the Utes last night, mm-hmm. and you know what kind of recruiting that that university has. And I, I've driven. Have you been to Eugene? I've been to Eugene before. It, there actually, ain't yeah. a lot up there. No. And for the, the ability to get these guys up on this level of talent and speed to Oregon, um, I think maybe that kind of went away. That that kind of was dismissed. I'll admit, I thought Utah was going to handle them. Yeah, I thought Utah was playing incredibly well. I thought they were a legitimate playoff team, and now they've proven that they are not going to get that chance. But you could see on the Oregon side, they had a game plan. They had speed. That, I mean – Right from the get-go, Jake, the zone option to Herbert where he kept, yeah. no one was expecting that, clearly. Yeah, he went right and down, he he went went down, down the, the field, field yeah. for drive after drive early in the game. No adjustment to the fact that Herbert was keeping the ball. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, C.J. Burdell goes for 208 yards on 18 carries so and three touchdowns. So their game plan, at least in the running game, really solid from Oregon. I mean, Justin Herbert didn't have the best game ever. No. But he, you know, he had a couple – critical throws especially in that first half that really put Utah away it seemed and there were three plays that really stood out to me that changed the momentum early Jake and it was the fourth down the, the failure on the first yeah. one the now first they, fourth down the first conversion. fourth yeah, down that yeah. they gotcha. missed yeah. the block punt uh, well the block punt didn't even do anything I guess because no, they held they, them yeah they held them like, yeah. but still Kyle Whittingham prides himself on special yeah. teams so. and no one picked him up yeah. and um, there are a couple of moments where the non-targeting call that came back, and then Tyler Huntley's first interception of the game yep. was—I um, thought Kurt, 
uh, Herb Street put it perfectly. He had decided before he even snapped that he was ripping it deep, mm-hmm. and uh, gets the guy who was let off the hook on the targeting Freeze. call yeah. has a great game himself, mm-hmm. and uh, he ends up with the interception there. So in the first half, especially, you could tell the game plan was in favor of Oregon, and they outplayed the Utes. There is no doubt about it. Yeah. And the Utes tried to make a run at it, like you said, they got back with an eight. But it was it was too much organ for the youth last night. Yeah, I I'm with you. Those ki- critical moments absolutely killed Utah. It seems like they didn't win any of those critical moments. No, they didn't. And I think Kyle Whittingham after the game. So the other quote here: "We lost the line of scrimmage. We all talked yeah. about the fact that it was going to be a the biggest battle in this game was going to be Utah's defensive line versus the vaunted Oregon offensive line. Mm-hmm. This Oregon offensive line is the most experienced, probably the most talented top to bottom offensive line that I've seen in quite some time in college football." They have a career combined 100-plus starts amongst all of them. Panay Sewell, of course, the left tackle, local kid from here in Utah, absolutely phenomenal. But they won the trenches. Oregon went out there and dominated Utah on the inside. And not only that was the that was the matchup everyone was focused on, yeah. but you flip it. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah. And Oregon dominated their defensive line, dominated Utah's offensive Kayvon line. Kayvon Thibodeau was having a field day. And that was on surprising because yeah. Utah's offensive line has, you know, it's easy to blame the O-line. I think that's what yeah. a lot, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's all their fault. But it, it looked like they were just rushing for the whole night. They were getting home. Yeah. And, uh, Tyler Huntley, he ducked his head and he ran a lot more than he had. And maybe it's because it didn't hold up as much. He got a little happy no, feet. No, it, it didn't hold up for him at all. And so he he couldn't make the plays that we've known out of him. And uh, he went to his, his safety blanket, I guess you would say, and Brant Keithy a couple times. Couldn't make those big catches. One he caught, but he was landed, landed elbow out of bounds. The other one went through his hands. And uh, you're right, the the trenches is where this game was lost for sure. Yeah, guys like Orlando Umana, the right tackle for Utah, Oregon targeted him and just they they made him look silly all night long and it's mm. unfortunate for that young man. He'll learn from this game obviously. You, you learn best when you struggle the most I feel like. But you're right. In the trenches, Oregon absolutely dominated this game. Mario Cristobal is a guy who played at the University of Miami. He's coached most of his career in the deep south at Miami, Florida International, worked with Nick Saban in Alabama. He wants to remake Oregon in more of the mold of what Alabama is. We're talking big physical team that beat you up in the trenches if last night's game's any indication he's well on his way to establishing that in Eugene because that Mm -hmm. that offensive and defensive line for Oregon very very impressive because I tweeted out in this game Utah looked like a team that had feasted on lesser competition for at least a month at that point and they came in thinking you know what we're just going to keep rolling here and Oregon punched them in the mouth Plain and yeah. simple, and they, they, they never fully recovered. I, I get that there are going to be fans out there who said, well, they got within eight at one point. They did. There's no argument there, but guess what? All of a sudden, C.J. Verdell pops one for 70 yards. Lecky Fotu got flat-backed on that play. I have not seen Lecky Fotu get pancaked in a game, and I don't know how long. He's one of the best defensive linemen in this country, and Oregon's right guard on that play picked <laughs> yeah. him up yep. and put him on the ground, and C.J. Verdell's off to the races. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, my hat goes off to Oregon, but man, what a disappointment it is for Utah. Totally. And the, the defense, I mean, you can tell they were just on the field too much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the reason that the reason that Utah has been successful this year is, wasn't it that their defense has played the least amount of snaps in the country? Something like that. They, they were up there. At least in the Pac-12, yes. they played the least amount of snaps. And last night was the opposite. They couldn't, the offense couldn't stay on the field at all. You only get 
you know, if you only can put up 15 points for an offense that's scoring in the 40s, yeah, uh, you know that you're in trouble. And the defense they were on the they were on that field too much. And oh yeah, um, and it wasn't even like there were a couple big plays in the secondary. But you're totally right; it was all at the, the line of scrimmage, and that's how Oregon dominated the thing. Yeah, so it, it, you just look at it, and this loss feels like a bigger than just one game loss for mm-hmm. Utah. Does that make sense? Because Everything was set on the table for him going into this game. We have spent weeks now, Adrian, weeks here on these airwaves talking with family and friends and what we do in our daily lives. People know what we do. They want to know our thoughts on Utah. We have talked for weeks at this point leading up to last night's game and thinking, you know what? Utah has a chance here to make the college football playoff. It was minimum Rose Bowl. That's what we were all yeah, talking about. Like, at, at worst, you're going to the Rose Bowl. You're yeah. going to Pasadena on New Year's Day. Yeah. It was the worst. Like the worst case scenario uh-huh. was Rose Bowl going into this game. It's like they're going to go in. They're going to win this game. Yeah, and at worst case, they're going to Rose Bowl, and of course, they'll have their gripe about the college football playoff. As it stands, they went out there, got their tails kicked, and now they're looking at the Alamo Bowl and potentially worse. Let me read this tweet real quick to you guys. This comes from Kyle Bonagura. He covers um, the Pac-12 for ESPN, does a great job. He's a guy uh, that I, I read all the time. He says, just spoke, and this came out, let's see, about 30 minutes ago. Just spoke with Alamo Bull President and CEO Derek Fox. While not ready to commit to anything, he says it's not a sure thing that they would choose Utah over USC should they have the option. USC will receive strong consideration. So, as a result of Utah losing last night, Adrian, we've seen Utah fall from potential college football playoff berth to potentially ending up in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Not to say that the Holiday Bowl is a bad game to go to because San Diego in December is great, mm-hmm. but in terms of prestige, what a fall from grace. So, are we ta- and we're talking there's no chance anymore of like a cotton Not bowl in my anything. opinion. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, on its head, I feel like 11-2 Utah should receive consideration for a cotton bowl bid. I just feel like the New Year's Six Committee and the College Football Playoff Committee probably looked at a game last night and said, you know what? Utah was talked about as being a fraud, and guess what? They did nothing to change our minds. Yeah, and that was kind of, the like your, to your point, it was, oh, Rose Bowl or worse, but hey, maybe they'll just get a Cotton Bowl. This was a couple weeks ago when Oregon hadn't lost to the ASU. But it was kind of like, oh, if Oregon wins this game, they'll go to the playoff or the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and then Utah will slip to the Cotton Bowl because they had a really good season and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And uh, yeah, you're totally right that it has just fallen off hard. And frankly, on the other side, if I'm Oregon, don't schedule Auburn or anybody again. <laughs> Because they didn't need it. This is a team that should be in the playoff conversation, even though that because they lost uh, Auburn, they're out. Yeah, well, and they could Arizona you, State loss, obviously. No, but yeah, but before, but if that's your one loss yeah. on the year, correct? Yeah, you'd be ASU's your one loss on the year. Utah had a terrible non-conference schedule. No offense mm-hmm. to BYU fans. No, it's none taken. But <laughs> they had three terrible non-conference games, and they were in the fifth spot. Why would you, if you're Oregon, this is just an aside? Why would you schedule or anyone, frankly? They don't care about your quality of wins. They just care about the number of wins you have. So if you're Oregon, don't do that again because Washington got in playing two FCS teams technically when they played Idaho State on their last year of FBS, Yeah, and then they got in. But anyway, that's just an aside. Oregon probably should still be in the conversation for playoff, but they decided to open with Auburn. So... But anyway, the the fall from the fall from grace is uh, that's 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 a big drop there, Jake. Do you yeah. guys to the Holiday Bowl maybe? Like potentially. That's like a, we're like we're talking like you just dropped a stone off of a building and it's yeah. just thud. Yeah. 
Do you guys think they overlooked Oregon? Oh, I, well, on the in terms of just looking at this game as just a one game microcosm, sure, it seems that way. No, yeah. none of them would admit it. No, but, and but I I think there was a lot of we are going to the playoffs. We they were thinking a game or two ahead of the, yeah than this game. Yep. Kyle Whittingham and I, I I've got the utmost respect for Kyle Whittingham. He has proven far too long to be an elite college football coach. And obviously all the comments from Paul Feinbaum this week about nobody wants to see Utah, blah, 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 blah. I guarantee he was using that. But looking at the result of last night's game, it feels like Utah got ahead of themselves and were looking beyond Oregon. And guess what? The Ducks, to their credit, came out and said, hey, Utah, we're right here. We got you. Yep. And uh, Oregon's that that brand that somehow we overlooked. And I'll admit, I thought Utah was going to... I don't want to say like wipe the floor with them. No, but I, I thought it was going to be a ten point win for Utah. I thought they were going to handle it easily. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's just because we've watched this team and um, they. This happens in sports. You might have one off days, but they were totally outmatched last night. And that was the worst time to have yeah. an off night. Yeah, there's no doubt about that because this was at PK. If you haven't read PK's column from this game, go do it. Twelve eighty thezonecom I posted it last night. I post most of his post game columns. He essentially, I, I wrote the headline for it. I said, Utah sees their quote, season for the ages fall by the wayside in Santa Clara, essentially. Really? It, it was such a, and you know, this is, this is what you get when you start playing with the big boys, right? Mm-hmm. When you're Utah and you're that high up in the rankings. And this is what you want if you're a P5 school that you want to be, you want to be in this situation, but the fall off can be so heavy. If you mm-hmm. lose these big games, and that's the unfortunate thing, is you're right. Dream season, it just kind of fizzles yeah. that fast because you're talking about one lost teams taking it one to one versus two lost teams taking each other on. You're talking about a team that was ahead of you in the college football rankings two weeks ago, and these things can just go away in an instant when you play at this level of, of football. Yeah. Or in any sport, really, but football especially. Like, your dream season can just disappear in an instant. Ask Alabama fans about that. <laughs> I mean, they've been at the top of the mountain forever. They lose two games, and they're an afterthought. Correct, yeah. they're, they're You they're, know what I mean? They're probably going to play in a New Year's Six game with Sugar Probably, Bowl or yeah. Like but, yeah, in terms of the national prestige, they're completely off the radar. Right, and it, it's just – and that's a team that has – they've won, Saban's won how many titles? And they've won two of the last four. And Clemson, like, even Clemson, they're undefeated, and people are just th- – casting them aside Devil's so sweaty. when you are when you're when you are playing at that level when you're in with that group mm-hmm. these dream seasons can disappear now the difference between those teams and maybe what utah has is the fact that utah's comes in waves yes it's up to Whittingham and that staff to keep them at the top but most of these other schools they just continue to be at the top of the top and we've talked about this on this show in the past adrian utah is having a run here that you need to take advantage of it at some point if you're a Utah fan. If you want to make it to the quote-unquote mountaintop. I know Kyle Whittingham and his staff have long looked at getting Utah to the Rose Bowl. and that uh, College football playoff is one thing. It's absolutely it's, it's, That's the pinnacle of college football. That was football. just there. It happened to be there this year. But Kyle Whittingham and his staff have made no bones about the fact that they want to get to the Rose Bowl. That is the granddaddy of them all for a reason. It's got the prestige, the acclaim. It is the bowl game that everybody growing up I'm a I'm a unabashed college football fan you guys know this I watch all kinds of college football the Rose Bowl is the pinnacle of college football for me Pasadena on New Year's Day all the pageantry going on there at the Rose Bowl in Southern California 
it would have been awesome to see Utah play in that game this year. I feel like Utah spoiled what might have been their best chance ever to get there, and it might not have as good of a chance in the next foreseeable little bit, like three, four, five years here. I don't know if Utah will get back to this same level where they it's right there for them, yeah. and all they have to go out and do is capture it. Does yeah. that make sense? But, and I will say one though, one thing to disagree with you slightly okay. is all you got to do is win your division. Doesn't, you do. It yeah. doesn't matter. I, don't, I want to say all they only had to win eight in a row to win their division this year, yeah. but my point is since you're in the Pac-12, you really, if you win your division, you have a good chance of going to the Rose Bowl because all you got to do is win that pack. And I got to say, all you got to do. But the, the path is generally in sight but, because you can win your division, yeah. win a title game, no matter what your record is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because USC at 8-4 and four could have gone to the Rose Bowl this year. Well, and, okay, and that's what I wanted to bring up is USC looks like they're on the way up. Keaton Slovis looks like a budding star. Yeah. And that's the, that's the worry. I know that Clay Helton, we need to get to some of that news here in a little bit, him being retained for next year. I know Clay Helton doesn't necessarily put fear in the mind of Utah or other Pac-12 South opponents mm-hmm. just as a coach. But if USC starts winning at a high clip – they stay on top for quite a while, and all of a sudden you're playing for second, third position versus playing for the top. And I will say, though, that the South, it looks like the South's going to be good, to your point, for the next little while. And, and Utah's like, going to go into a rebuild next yeah, year. Yeah, and we'll see what they've got. They've got a lot of talent coming back. Let's see what, you know, for all the firewit people out there, I couldn't disagree with you more. Oh, that's, that's, that is, that is, that's, 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 there's a reason we're not really talking about it because yeah. he's the guy for the job and he's proven it. Let's see what they can do with this team going into next year. You lose senior leaders. But we've given them the benefit of the doubt that they are able to retool a lot. Yeah, Sounds like they've got a guy they really like in Cam Rising. Bad Moon, baby. Bad Moon Rising coming out of uh, University of Texas Mm -hmm. as a transfer. When you get a guy who's that highly recruited, you might get something special out of him. Andy Ludwig, he gets, you know, let's see what he can do with this offense. So, But the South, I like. Colorado's new coach. I like what Herm's doing at ASU. They've got a lot of talent. You know, USC, like you mentioned, going to be on their way back up. Arizona, who knows? But it's UCLA, who knows? Yeah. There's just always talent, so who knows? But to your point, you never know when these opportunities are going to come around. Because mm-hmm. especially for a team like Utah, if USC gets back on top, it seems to be their division until someone can knock them off. They're great front runners, and and Utah has won two divisions in a row, so they are obviously the team that needs. They are now the champs because mm-hmm. they've done it twice in a row, and someone needs to knock them off the top. Correct, yeah. But you look at the talent coming into yeah. the Pac-12 South, and Helton. Uh, I thought Brian Jones made a great point on Tony and Austin yesterday. Everyone's so surprised that Helton stuck around. But Brian said that he made the best point. He said he never lost the locker room. No, he didn't. And he and that's one that's a big part of what USC has going for them. Even though they went eight and four, he never lost those players. And so when you're the athletic director and the new one you come in and you maybe you talk to some players, you pull them aside, you say, What do you think of this guy? They say we love our coach because they never quit on their coach. It also helps you, when the university president wants to keep the guy right. on board too. It, it does, but it helps that the yeah. team wants to still play for Clay Helton. They battled for him. UCLA, yeah. they don't want to play for Chip Kelly. It's you watched it. Yeah, it's Kevin Sumlin, deal. Arizona, they don't want to play for that guy. Yeah. Even though they're keeping him, but yeah. if Clay Helton can figure things out, then there's trouble at USC. The, yeah, I just I see this as just a massive, massive missed opportunity. Yep, for I'm you totally with you. It was because you had maybe minimum Rose Bowl in your sights. It, it looked like worst case scenario was going to Pasadena on New Year's and Day. And I'll admit, I thought that too. I thought, oh, we're, I was talking to people like, you know, you saw it all over Twitter. Yeah. Utah fans are going to be mad if they go to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> 
Well, right, because right they, now you'd be dying to right. go to the Rose Bowl. But you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they would have thought they would have been overlooked for the playoff. Correct. Yeah, and the Rose Bowl was a consolation. Yes, absolutely. And any sane fan would say, "Well, that's a great consolation." But fans are fans, and so <laughs> I, I have insane fandom when it comes to the Vikings and the yeah. Gophers. So now we're like, "Oh no, the Holiday Bowl." Well, and that's and that's maybe this is the concern here is. Because now the Bulls get to pick who they well, want. I saw I saw all these people saying, "Well, San Antonio seems to be nice," and all of a sudden, seeing a, a thing from the CEO and president of yeah. the Alamo Bowl saying, "Yeah, it's no sure thing. We're taking Utah. We're going to consider USC." As a Utah fan, you have to be sitting there thinking, "Holy smokes, we just lost a massive, massive chunk <laughs> of acclaim by one loss." Yeah, and that's and that's the hard part. That's what I'm saying. When you're playing with with your up when you're up top, yeah. that fall is heavy because you went from playoff. Rose Bowl, New Year's Six, maybe Alamo. You 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 may be going to Southern California, but you're going to San Diego versus Pasadena. Yeah, that yeah, that's a good point. That <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. It was just, the lot. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that the players are taking it way harder than we could ever fathom. Yes, those guys they played their butts off all year long, and they got eight wins in a row. They won the South, and it was an incredible journey. It just it's hard to see it go out like this. That's yeah. what I kept thinking last night. Don't go out like this. Yeah. Th- this like is it's twenty to nothing. I'm thinking not like this, man. Like yeah. you, you played so good, and it's too bad that we're watching the season come unravel the way it did. It, and it's unfortunate. I, I, I feel for all of the the players and the coaches at Utah because I just don't feel like this is something that's going to become the norm where they're going to battle for this yeah. year in and year out. Because the Pac-12, we've all seen it. We, Utah's been in the Pac-12 for going on a decade at this point. We have seen that it beats up on itself. Yep. But guess what? When a team like USC is really good, they are about as good of a front runner in a conference as anybody is. They are hard to take down. Well, you get the good thing for Utah is they're very good at developing players. They they're very good at staying at a high level. But it feels like uh, it's going to take a year or yeah. two to get back to this level. Does that make sense to But you? at least yeah. they've got USC at home next year, is which is where they beat them. Yes. They don't tend to beat them down there at the they, Coliseum. It is it is very much a home-dominated yes, It rivalry. is a home-dominated rivalry, uh-huh. and you know what? Maybe this is the year that um, we've, all, we've talked a lot, but we'll get to a break here in a second. We've talked a lot about what does Utah have to do to take the step where they aren't that cyclical program Correct, where yeah. it comes in waves, and how do you stay on top or near the top? Well, how do you become the Washingtons and the Stanford in, the, in people's mind? I'll where tell you, you think, one thing. Win that game last right. night, but you know what I'm saying. Like everyone's saying, "Oh, Stanford will be back." That's just a one-off for them. Oh, yeah. Washington will be back. Eight wins is just a one-off for them. We need to talk about Chris Peterson. Yeah, we will. So where does is Utah in that situation where people say, "Oh, this is just this isn't a one-off ten-win season." Maybe they can come back with another nine-ten. Well, and that's that. I just feel like had Utah won this game against Oregon and they're playing, yeah, at worst in the Rose Bowl or they're in the college football playoff. I think that would have legitimized them as guess what they're yeah they're, they're on the strat they're on the same par with the Stanford the Washington where if they have a down year it's like okay that's a one off they're going to bounce back I think a, all a lot of the talk a lot of the acclaim that we all praised upon heaped upon Utah in the lead up to this game last night it almost sounds hollow in, in a way because of what they did yeah that's the tough part yeah it was it was a tough way to watch it just kind of 
go yeah. down in flames. So. <laughs> and kudos to the Ducks because they came out and they played really well. Yeah, well, well and that's, that's a credit. Mario Cristobal, he's building something good up there yeah. in Eugene. Yeah, it's, it's easy to build something good there, but you still got to go out and do it. It's well, kind of like what we talk about with USC. Is you still got to... You still got to do it, Clay, and well, yeah. we'll see what he can do. Yeah, they went out. So they've been recruiting in Southern California. Kayvon Thibodeau is from Westlake Village, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like those are guys that USC and UCLA should be collecting. Mario Cristobal is getting them to Eugene. That's yeah. a recipe for success. Yep, totally. All right, coming up on the other side, we will get into Championship Saturday here in college football. Now that Utah is kind of out, or not kind of, now that they're out of the playoff conversation. Uh, let's get into some of the other implicating games. As uh, right now, one is going down in uh, I want to say Arlington. Arlington, yes, they're at Jer- Jer- Jerry World. They, oh, they're at Jerry World, yep. and uh, it's tied up. Number six Baylor, number or number six Oklahoma, number seven Baylor. One minute left. They are all tied up at twenty three. Oklahoma just punted to the one. We might be going to overtime here in Arlington. Fun way to go in the Big 12 title game. We'll also get into some of the other title games, including one that's kind of local to us and uh, no local team in it, but still entertaining. Should be a fun one later on today as well in the Mountain West. We'll get into some of those. Um, Joe Ingles, let you hear from him as he was on with DJ and PK. The Jazz, they're in action tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, BYU men's basketball is in the building right now taking on UNLV. So 8 o'clock tip time for that Utah Jazz home game. So if you're a fan out there, remember it starts at 8 o'clock. And uh, so come downtown, get some dinner, and head over to the arena. We'll also get into the NFL as it is winding down. Jake's team is good. Mine team is, I pretend they're good. (laughs) And Eric's team's real bad. And we'll get into all that. That's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Saturday Show. Adrian Lizer with Jake Hatch. Uh, you can follow Jake at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. You can follow me at AP Lizer. Check out Jake's daily Locked On Cougars podcast if you want all your BYU athletics news. I know you're breaking down the uh, NCAA women's volleyball tournament, Jake. We have talked about the Cougars. As uh, the Cougs got the win last night, and they take on Utah today down in Provo. Yeah, we got a rivalry showdown in the NCAA tournament. Yes, it's the second year in a row that they've done that. Um, the funny thing about the NCAA tournament is the seeding often reflects regions too, yeah. because I mean, most volleyball teams don't have the budget to be flying <laughs> yeah. all over the place. I don't think Northern Colorado had a lot set aside to go to Honolulu <laughs> for the <laughs> women for their women's volleyball team, <laughs> but that's where they ended up. So probably not. Yeah, but NCAA's help. The NCAA does help out with stuff like they that. They do. I but mean, the, they, there was a region that had UCF, Florida State, Florida in it. Yeah, in the in the pod. So well, we had. Of, so what was it for BYU? It was Illinois, Utah, New Mexico State, and, yeah. and the Cougars. Yeah. So it, they try and go regional as much as possible. Yeah. But every once in a while, like in Illinois, has to come to Provo. Yeah. And uh, Utah, they got the win over Illinois, like Jake just mentioned. So they take on BYU for the chance at the Sweet Sixteen. That is tonight for any of you volleyball nerds out there. But other championships going on. It is Championship Saturday for college football. It is Baylor, Oklahoma. They are in overtime, second and four for Oklahoma in their first go. 
and uh, they are at the five-yard line. So we'll keep you posted on how the Big 12 title game is going. Jake, do does the winner of this game get in, in your opinion, if well, Georgia I, loses, <laughs> or does Georgia stay in if Baylor Wins. So the best the best tweet I've seen, it comes from Zach Barnett. He works for footballscoop.com and also college football talk on NBC Sports. And he says, with Utah's loss and the way both OU and Baylor have played today, Gary Danielson, of course, the longtime broadcaster, SCC on CBS, Gary Danielson is going to argue Georgia should get in win or lose versus LSU. Mark it down. And I fully agree with him on that. I feel like uh, Baylor and Oregon, uh, Oklahoma, not Oregon, uh, playing pretty close together here. Yeah, you're going to have a bunch of SEC honks saying, look, they, they're they Or not, Alabama, they're, even. Alabama. They're, they're not that good. Put a two, two SEC teams. We're the best. It just means more. Stop. In their defense, they do probably... I would put LSU, Alabama, Georgia up against any three from any other conference. I think Oklahoma... If they if they if they win this game, they're very much going to be in the mix for it. It all kind of depends on how Georgia looks against LSU in the SEC yeah. championship, which is kicking off here momentarily. Two o'clock. I is, it, is it two o'clock? Yeah. Okay, so we got another half hour or so before that gets going. But that that'll all kind of look. If Georgia battles LSU, let's say it's a three point game in the end in favor of LSU, I can see the argument for keeping Georgia in there. But if LSU goes and blows the doors off of Georgia, you're going to probably see Oklahoma get in. But I'm with you. Do I think Georgia's better than Oklahoma? Absolutely. Yeah, frankly, I, I know that there's, a, like you and I talk about all the time, Jake, uh-huh. uh, America loves a winner until they win. Yes. And then they, and hate, then they hate them. But well, for, you, can't, you can win, you can't win not too for much. too long. Not for too long. And unfortunately for most of the casual college football fans, or maybe even the rabid ones, mm-hmm. they hate the SEC because they're so good. Yeah. And they always say, well, they're overrated. Oh, I got news for you. The SEC ain't overrated. They're investing all kinds of money, and they're re- benefiting from Yeah, that. they're not overrated. LSU, Georgia are not overrated. Alabama's not overrated, even though you're sick of them. Yeah. They, they ain't. Yeah. Auburn isn't either. Like this is That is a legitimate league, the best league. And frankly, the way that Oklahoma's playing, I hope Georgia wins because then we will get the four best teams in. Yeah. I would agree with And you. I want to see what Clemson and Ohio State have to do against a team like those. And I hope they don't go Georgia-LSU in the first round or something. Yeah, I... Because it could potentially be that way, but yeah, I Yeah, it, it could be. And I, I do wonder how ultimately we'll shake out because the, the two uh, semifinal games this year, one's in Atlanta, SEC backyard. The, the, the Peach Bowl is one of them. And the other is the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. The bad part about having the Fiesta Bowl this year out here was had Utah taken care of business, they potentially could have found themselves playing in Glendale there uh-huh. against the likes of Ohio State. And that would have been a lot of fun for Utah fans. That's driving distance. That would have been nice. This year, though, it looks like all the teams are going to be mainly based in the East. You're going to have some griping from certain fan bases that have to trek all the way out to Glendale to watch their team. Yeah, likely Ohio State, Oklahoma are the two closest, yeah. technically. And if, if, if does Oklahoma gets in, them against Ohio State, kind of the storylines with Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley, two hotshot young quarterback whispers. It wouldn't be close, though. It wouldn't be close, I don't think. I'm with you. I think Oklahoma's, oh, no. Oklahoma's defense is just gonna is gonna do them in, I feel like, and it looks like Oklahoma may escape here with the win, but I just look at it and it would the 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 conversation is obviously gonna center on okay. How close of a game is LSU-Georgia in this SEC championship? And how good does the committee value, or how, how highly does the committee value Oklahoma after today? Yep. That would be interesting. It looks like they're going to escape, probably. It's fourth and 20 for Baylor. Uh, they're going to get one last shot to stay alive as their third-string quarterback 
taking the biggest Charles snaps Zeno. of his life is yeah. going backwards. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm with you, though. I, I Frankly, this might be a, a year like Ohio State with two losses getting in. I think Georgia should get in now that Utah's out of the conversation. Personally, yeah. I think it should be Georgia. I think they're the fourth best team. Oklahoma is going to get in because Jalen Hurts and all that. And uh, the, they've been in before and never showed up. But uh, likely to be Oklahoma, but I kind of think it should be Georgia. Depending, though, like you say, how tonight goes. and that Or this afternoon goes. And that game will be kicking off at 2 o'clock. Where's that? Is that that's at the Mercedes Benz? Yeah, they're playing it in Atlanta as well. So that one's being that's a repeat location, uh-huh. essentially. Um, also going on uh, today, Appalachian State they win the Sun Belt, forty-five to thirty-eight over Louisiana. They were trying to make a statement to get themselves into the New Year's Six conversation. I still think it's the American teams. Speaking of Cincinnati and Memphis, who are they have just kicked off yeah. in the AAC. Interesting game last week, Jake, as it was. At Cincinnati, correct versus Memphis, yep. and the winner of that game got to host this game. Yep, essentially you're facing each other two weeks in a row. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a playoff, yeah. like a multi game playoff. Memphis they won last week. They are hosting Cincinnati. Uh, also at two o'clock, Jake. Kind of interesting. Nineteen Boise State against Hawaii in the Mountain West Championship game. Good for Hawaii getting into that Mountain West title game. And barring and one thing, BYU fans, I don't know if you're, if you're listening, listen to this. Barring We'll have to have a lot of things happen. It looks like BYU is going to face Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. You'd have to see a massive upset from Hawaii in this game at Boise State today Mm -hmm. or see Boise State leapfrog over the American Athletic teams to get the New Year's Six uh, spot to see Hawaii not playing against BYU. I think a lot of people are wondering, well, who could BYU face off against? And multiple conversations with multiple people who have a pretty good idea of how this is going to shake out, Be, uh, barring some pretty significant outcomes today, it's going to be BYU and Hawaii on December 24th. Uh, Oklahoma wins 30-23, to their fifth straight Big 12 title. Congratulations. That's impressive. Congratulations. Lincoln Riley is just an absolutely great young coach. Yep. and. There's going to be bigger and bigger talk of him making the jump to the NFL at some point. He's still such a young guy that they're going to have NFL teams throwing all kinds of money at him because we're seeing these offenses go into the NFL and have success, and he's the next guy I think the NFL teams are going to throw all gobs of money at. However long he's at Oklahoma, he's going to do great things. He has been proven to be a quarterback whisperer. And we're hearing more and more about how college coaches hate the recruiting side of it now. Yeah. And yeah. getting into the NFL is the way to go. If I could, I would go. Frankly, if I was a head coach in college, I might consider taking a really good OC job in the NFL or a defensive I can understand that. And then you're kind of a coach in waiting. But yeah. um, Jalen Hurts getting back to the Final Four, this time with a different team. Uh, I would say that's the first to ever do it because it's not very long since we've had these Final Four. It would four. be a, a pretty cool storyline to see him yeah, lead two teams to the college football playoff. But it, it, all action is now to Georgia, yep. to, use a, to use a betting term. It's all, it's all Georgia's. It's in their hands now. Uh, later on today at 5.30, number 23, Virginia takes on number 3, Clemson, in the ACC title game. Any chance that Virginia gets the upset tonight, Jake? Bronco keeps that keeps breaking that rock. It'd be cool. It would be cool to see. I thought that was a. By the way, I thought that was a cool moment in the locker room when they said they wanted him to break the rock. Yeah. I know people were like teasing Bronco because he's a little awkward, but I thought that was a cool moment. His players loved it. They thought it was cool. They gave him the sledgehammer. That's a cool tradition that Virginia has. Yes. And uh, I don't know if they have a chance, but Perkins, Bryce Perkins, he'll have something to say about it. 
That's a good team. Virginia is a good football program. Bronco has won. He's improved the win total every year he's been at Virginia so far. He's, in his, he's completing his fourth year now. It coincides with Kalani Satake at BYU. Clemson tonight, I think, is going to win this game. They're just too good. And it's, I dabble Swinney's out there saying, well, they just want to cast. He's trying to create drama for his team to keep them motivated. I get it. I don't think that Virginia has anything that, to say that this has been a bad season because at worst for them, they're going to the Orange Bowl. Yeah. So Bronco Mendenhall is going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that's and I, frankly, for a team like Virginia, they're going to be up to win that game. I think Virginia fans, when they hired Bronco Mendenhall, the hope was, okay, he can make us a consistent bowl team. He can make us a consistent winner. Well, guess what? He's now got you atop the Coastal Division, and he's going to have a little bit of a rebuild next year with Bryce Perkins moving on, et cetera, but he has proven that, guess what? He's done it at two places now. Bronco Menhall is a good football coach. And he didn't even need to get a note to grow that beard. <laughs> he did not need a note for to grow that <laughs> no. beard. And he's going to grow it until they win the game. PK and I are kind of on the same end of this. Well, keep winning, Virginia. Come on. <laughs> right, for sure. So hopefully that's a good game. Yeah. Uh, Virginia, they got a really good coach in Bronco, and uh, it seems like those players are really responding. In a place that's been considered impossible to win, Yeah, he's gone in there and done a really nice job with Virginia. So Bronco, he, I, for whatever BYU fans, I know a lot of people argue that BYU fans ran him out of Provo. He wanted to go make big money, and he's making big money at Virginia. Wanted to coach at a big-time level, he wa- too. He wanted, to be, he wanted to crack at the Power 5 level. Yeah. And he's proven that, guess what, his system can work at that level. He's a consistent winner. And hats off to him. It's been cool to see Virginia rebuilt. A lot of those guys are former BYU coaches. He pretty much took his entire coaching staff from uh, from Provo with him to Charlottesville. And it's been a cool story. I still expect Clemson to win this game tonight. So do I. But you can't, like, never just assume something. Because the assumption was Bronco and that staff, they were going to go in and have no shot at recruiting yeah. out there because they have no no connection blah 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 and you can't you got to let a you got to let a guy and see what he can do and what a staff can do and they've proven that they can go across the country and build a really nice program at the University of Virginia at a right. basketball school yes very much and Virginia's an elite basketball yep. program but their football programs on the rise uh, last game of the night is Ohio State taking on Wisconsin Ohio State should run away oh, with this one. Poor but Badgers. Poor Badgers. But, you know, the only chance they have to keep it close is if Jonathan Taylor gets 50 carries and holds onto the ball for 40 <laughs> minutes, and they'll still lose by 20. I could see that, yeah. And Wisconsin's a good program. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs I've seen in quite some time. But let's be real. Ohio State's playing at another level yep, right now. Definitely. So that's some of your uh, college football championship Saturday scores or preview. We'll keep you posted on those scores as well. Coming up on the other side, we've got technical fouls. And then after that, it'll be time for the Joe Ingle Show as he was on with DJ and PK. Jazz in action tonight, looking to get back on their winning ways against the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, we'll get into that as well. What can the Jazz do to turn things around? It has been a Utah-heavy couple of weeks, Utah football, for good reasons. The Jazz have been they've been in a little bit of a struggle lately. They're in a funk. And we'll, we'll get into that as well, as uh, they just lost to the L.A. Lakers, who are pretty good, actually. But yeah. uh, we'll get into Jazz talk uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. All that coming up. We're done at 3.30 today as we make way for Utah State basketball this afternoon. So stick with us. This is the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical 
foul. Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Of course, you just heard in the open right there. Time for technical fouls where we... We let people who have done stupid things have it for a minute or two here. Adrian, we got a couple of athletes out there who have done some weird things in different sports. Let's start off on the basketball court with one that hit close to home. Yeah, LeBron's travel, oh, the one that God. went viral. How? How does the NBA... Like, that, I don't know. That, so... that official looks at that and was like, <laughs> eh, whatever. I think there are so many calls you could have called Yeah, that... He just let it, he just had a much like LeBron said he had a malfunction or whatever he said. Sure, yeah. It sounds like the ref did it as well, but still, that's just that does not help the image of what the NBA referees go through. And frankly, I don't think like refing is like I I feel for those guys honestly. I know they get paid decent money and blah blah blah. Yeah. But just to have everybody literally everyone just hate on you. For 48 straight minutes, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No, it it doesn't. And I, I get that these officials have a tough tough time calling games because these are the best athletes in the world. But that one, it's right out there in the open. Everybody in the building saw it. You got to blow your whistle. You got to. That mm-hmm. one's just that one. You can't miss that one. Let's, let's put it that way. All right. So the technical foul on LeBron, also technical foul on the referee in that regard. Adrian, let's go to the world of golf. Let's do it. The Hero World Challenge is going on. I believe Henrik's, um, Henrik um, Stenson? Stenson won it today. He made a late run. Tiger Woods was on top for a minute there. Of course, this is the tournament that benefits his foundation. But uh, Patrick Reed, um, guy that's no stranger to controversy, he's pretty much um, told his family, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. He's the least liked guy on tour, for sure. He's, uh, he's up there, absolutely. Well, um Patrick Reed was penalized two strokes for violating Rule 8.1A4 for improving his intended line of play in the sand. Uh, it was kind of shown on TV that he was moving sand. His ball's in the sand. It's in a sand trap. And you can see him. He's making practice swings, and it's moving sand. Yeah, out from behind the ball. It's obvious. And that's, and that's improving your lie. And in yeah. golf, you can't do that, especially in a sand trap. It, it, it's, a, it's a hard and fast rule. It's there. Well, Patrick Reed gets penalized for it, and then afterwards – he decides, you know what? You know what defense I'm going to take for me making this boneheaded decision to get a penalty? Camera angles. Yeah. What? Dude. He said he wished the cameras were on his side better. It's like <laughs> when you watch this video, if you're a golf, if you're a golf person out there and uh, you, you know kind of the rule in the sand, you can't, yeah. you can't touch the sand. It's one of the – you can't ground your club. And this – Clearly he yeah. moves sand. And he said that this ball – his ball was in a footprint. Somebody had left a footprint no. in the sand. So be it. Guess what? Anybody who's played on a course is. I played. had to play it off Frankenstein's fat foot. <laughs> you can play it off of. I was hoping you were going to pull that that great great pull from Happy Gilmore there. But he's clearly he's blatantly he does it twice. Yeah, he does. So says quote. I didn't feel like it really would have affected my lie. Okay. I mean, every time I get in the bunker, I'm scared to even get my club close to close to it. It was that far away. But whenever you do that, if it does hit the sand, just like you're in a hazard area and you take a practice swing and it brushes the grass and the grass breaks, it's a penalty. So because of that, and after seeing the video, I accept that. But it wasn't because of any intent. I thought I was far enough away. You, you uh, can say whatever you want. But also, though, when you look at it, you're not far yeah. away. No, he's, he's not. He's directly behind the ball. Yeah. 
far away would intend that you're probably a couple steps yeah. back and you know blah 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 but jeez yeah that I don't like Patrick Reed very much I don't think many people do and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not the biggest fan of him either he seems to be a pretty cantankerous dude to begin with but this is that's not that's the wrong approach to take correct when in terms of defending yourself yep, on the golf totally. course alright coming up on the other side we'll wrap up this hour and coming up on the other side we will have Joe Ingles who was on with DJ and PK had a lot of great things to say and uh, he kind of he laid it on, Jake. Yeah, you know he 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 was real, and that's one thing you appreciate out of the, um, Joe as he comes on the show every week. And uh, so we'll let you hear from that. That's all coming up on the other side here on the Saturday Show.